Ladies and gentlemen, season three, episode 15, and we have a super special guest today. It's me, Brez, and James in the studio today. Brady couldn't be with us. James, let them know who we got today. Very special guest, ladies and gentlemen. You've all heard his voice before, whether you're stuck in traffic or you're sitting at home on the ESPN Chicago app, Mark Silverman of Waddle and Sylvie. This is a Sylvie Strong podcast. Very. Let's please welcome Mark Silverman of Waddle and Sylvie. Thank you for coming on. <laughs> Glad you did. This is the essence right here of Chicago. Like that that introduction and, and you just hear the Chicago accent and you know you're talking to to my people as like our people in this city. It's just it's awesome. It's good to be with you guys. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. Well, first off, you know, congrats to you, man. You know, last year I know it was a crazy year of COVID, and then you find out you had cancer. Seriously, congrats. You know, it's great to see that you're back in the studio, and we love having you back, seeing you there with Waddle, Black, Abdallah. We're just very happy that, you know, you're doing well. Well, I appreciate it. It's, it's certainly been a long year, you know. I'm just starting to get to do some of the things that I wasn't able to do for so long. Like, even after I went in, like, I was in remission, and, um, you know, maybe even after my third treatment, they did a scan. But then when, when all my treatments were done at the end of uh, September, they did another scan just to make sure. And like, then I was for surely in, in remission, but because of COVID and because of, you know, my immune system being down, I still wasn't able to do a lot of the stuff that I love doing, going to work, being there, going out to dinner, hanging out with friends. So it was still like a huge burden. And now just, to, you know, I'm as I'm talking to you right now, I'm, a, I'm the Kennedy, like being stuck on the Kennedy is actually like now at least, you know, somewhat tolerable because it beats <laughs> just being at home all day. It's the so, little things. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Like normal. Sometimes like we take normal for granted until normal is taken away from us. And then, uh, then we embrace normal again. So, so that's hopefully going to be my mentality for here on out. Yeah, that sounds great. Well, you've been covering Chicago sports, I mean, with the ESPN Chicago for 14 years, and I believe you were covering the Bulls even before that. Um, as, like, a broadcaster and somebody following sports, not, as a broadcaster and a fan, what are some of your favorite Chicago sports memories? Yeah, and you know, it's funny. So Waddle and I have been together for 14 years. We just celebrated our um, our 14 year anniversary as a show, but I've been with ESPN 1000 since 
uh, ESPN bought AM 1000. I was working at WGN radio and I had like my, one of my dream jobs that I was the only reporter in their sports radio department. So while I wasn't hosting talk shows, I was going to the Birdo center every day and I was covering the bulls the championship teams in 96, 97, 98. Oh my gosh. Um, 98, right. My first, my first interview with, um, with ESPN 1000, when they were hiring the talent before they went on the air, I actually landed at Midway right after I was in St. Louis for the couple of games where Mark McGuire hit his 61st and 62nd home run against the Cubs in the great home run chase. I went from Midway direct to the building 190 North State right across from the Chicago Theater to interview for the job. So, like, I've been very fortunate. Like, I've covered Super Bowls. Um, I've I've covered the Bowls. And I was in person where – I had tickets to each of these games, and I just said to recently someone else, I bet you I'm in a pretty small group to say that they had tickets and watched in person the White Sox in 05 in Houston win the World Series, and then in 2016 I was in Cleveland in the seats as well to watch the Cubs win the World Series to play both teams' Stroud. So I don't know how many fans were at both of those games, and um, that's probably – those are my sports highlights right there. Oh, yeah. that is – I mean, it's like we're in church right now and you're just preaching to us. Like, that is awesome <laughs> to hear right there. Oh, that's so yeah, great. I mean, it, it, but it's loud, right? Oh, that is – that's crazy. And I've, like, looked at your Instagram before. You said you and Waddle were just going at it that whole night in Game 7. Like, how, how was that really? Because he was telling me that um, – You know, don't worry, don't worry. You're going to get to Andrew Miller. And he turned out to be right. And I told him, yeah, but but what I'm worried about is Chapman. What does he have left? He's running on fumes. They pitched him the night before longer than they probably should have pitched him in a blowout. And then so, like, he was when, when they, I think Ross, David Ross had his home run off of Miller, like, after he did that, like, Waddle was, I told you so, I told you so, you guys got this. <laughs> and, like, I'm super su- superstitious. And uh, when that, when that, can I swear on here? Oh, of absolutely. When that fucking Rajay Davis home run happened, <laughs> um, it was like my world was crashing. And oh, yeah. I couldn't believe that I was in that building. And LeBron's on the Jumbotron flexing in the, ground beneath my feet was shaking because it was so loud in that in that uh, ballpark so and I thought at that time that they for sure were gonna lose I mean it's just like that's I just like I was at school at the time and I'm texting my dad I'm like do you think God just doesn't want them to win the World Series he's like I don't think so he goes I don't think this is ever gonna happen and then that rain delay hits and you know everything changes I mean shout out Jason Hayward for railing the troops Right, whatever it takes. So that's why, yeah, I mean, if that speech doesn't happen, that's why whenever someone says, hey, would Jay Hay worth it? I know he didn't never hit like we thought he was going to hit. But, you know, if that really did provide a new life for the Cubs, then in my book, it's worth it. Every cent. I mean, the longest World Series drought in Major League Baseball getting snapped is no small feat. I also left the bar at the rain delay to go eat a whole pizza. So you could say that me leaving the bar helped the superstitions a little bit as well. 
Cliff is also. So you left. You 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 left the bar, so you're taking credit Just because to, you changed the venue. Exactly, I changed the morale, and I, uh, as a White Sox fan, I left to let Cubs fans be away from Sox fans for a little bit. And so, I when I went home, rain delay and Jason Hayward happened. So I'll take just a smidge <laughs> of that. Okay, I'll I'll accept that. I mean, it's it, you know, it, 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 and that's like a good, that's an interesting move too because you would think that most Sox fans would want to be there while all the shit's going down. Yeah, oh, but yeah. against Cleveland, I want no part in seeing Cleveland succeed as a White Sox fan. Boom. Oh, good. And that's a look, that's the way I felt like when I, I sat next to Carmen DeFalco in 05. Um, and we were in the left field corner for game four. We were there for three and four. Three was that 14 inning game. And then, you know, game four, they win. And like, I shook his hand and I was happy for him. And I wasn't rooting for the White Sox and I won't root for the White Sox, but I'm never also going to be a Sox hater. Like those are my, like my Bears fans, brothers, you know, like the, we're all brothers when it comes to the Bears. We're brothers when it comes to the Hawks and the Bulls. Mm -hmm. But like all of a sudden, we just want like crap to happen <laughs> to everybody simply because of the baseball affiliation. So I don't really subscribe to that. I agree 100%. Like I'm, I'm a pretty diehard White Sox fan, but I have so many family members that are diehard Cubs fans and just knowing how happy it would make them. I was pulling for the Cubs in that world series nice. for sure. I mean, and then too, like you say, you're not a big, like, you know, you're never going to hit in the socks, especially this year with you guys having the socks on ESPN 1000. If you want to, you know, tell us what that's been like. Yeah. Well, well, so in 05, I was, you know, Carmen and I were on nine to noon at that time. So we were, we were doing a daily show then too. And like, in 05, that's when the stuff started going really bad for the Cubs as well. We're like, Oh, three, you know, Bartman happens, but everyone mm -hmm. thinks they're going to win the world series in 04. Before they're a very dislikable team with Dusty Baker and they're fighting with everybody. And then oh five things are getting worse. And then the Sox start winning. So, you know, to go through oh five with the Sox on the station, I don't and then them winning it and my team being so bad, um, I'm I'm sorta of used to it and I understand what out and and yeah, I mean we all want like whenever a Cubs fan comes at me and says, "Oh, you're tweeting about the Sox." Well, one, they're good again. Like we didn't avoid talking about the Sox just because they're not on the radio station. I mean, when they're not good and they're losing ninety some games and there's <laughs> not a lot of talking points, that's why we're not talking. But now that the Sox are good, even if we didn't have them, and they should be better than they are now. I know they're off to a slow start, but we're going to talk about the White Sox. So. Um, Cubs fans have to get used to it, and um, I don't think Waddle and I have to get used to it because I think we understand that we talk about, you know, good sports teams in this town. Yep. It would okay. just help to have a couple more, and maybe if we could get all four to be good at the same time. But I know we can't spoil ourselves. Oh yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's it's a. Uh, I think overall, it's one of those years again where it's just really bad because none of them are really like the Sox maybe, but a championship 
a caliber team, but the other ones are just right in the middle. Like the Cubs are just kind of in no man's land. The Bears obviously yeah. in no man's land. The Hawks gave us, you know, a good beginning and now they're starting, you know, with a loss last night, four points back of the last playoff spot. You know, kind of just right there in the middle and the Bulls are just trying to find their way too. So I, yeah, I want one of those Boston years one one day. That's the one thing I've just not seen where uh, a few of our teams are in, like, championship series. Like, look at what Tampa went through. Tampa had the Bucks win it, the Lightning win it, and the Rays were in the World Series. I mean, think about what our city would be like if we had a year like that. Oh, my oh, God. Man, the city would be on fire. <laughs> oh, it would be like, see, it's like one of those things where, you know, when you have the Hawks in the playoffs and it's a triple overtime game on a Tuesday night and you got to be at work in five hours, but you don't care. <laughs> You're just happy to be out there with everybody. And you're just like, you know what? It's the playoffs. We're here. Let's enjoy it while we have it. It's like the good tired where you just, you look like it's all part of the state of affairs that you, you had the ecstasy of <laughs> winning in the triple overtime, but then also like just dragging all day at work, but knowing that you did it for a really good reason and that things are good. Yeah. That's all part of it. Oh yeah. That's a big wear the Jersey to work day. The next day <laughs> kind of move. Um, aside from Waddle, who from the ESPN Chicago group would you most like to have as a radio partner? And why would it not be Cap? And I, well, I mean, Carmen and I did a show before. So, you know, I, I, and I always, and I said that earlier that I really think that if they would have kept us together when we were doing the show back in the day, that a lot of people still come up to us and say their first experience of listening sports radio was with Carmen and me. And I think that, you know, that Black and Abdallah have that sort of same vibe now where, you know, the, the, the younger sports uh, radio listener, maybe guys who haven't listened to sports radio, can identify a little more with Black and Abdallah as well. So I think that Carmen and I would, would do a good show. I think Cap and I would kill each other. Um, <laughs> You know, I think I, I don't think that's a bad idea to like do a podcast every now and then cap and I and just like air out our grievances. Yeah. But that's great. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. There's definitely like we definitely see sports through a different lens. Yeah. Cap has some pretty bad takes and hates when he they resurface. And I have one that I kind of wear on my sleeve all the time when I <laughs> called David Nuaba, a triple double freak when we first got him, just because oh, yeah. I saw how athletic he was. And to this day, I don't think he's recorded maybe five double doubles. He's gotten nowhere close to a triple double in his career, but my friends are quick to remind me of that one all the time. Yeah, Sylvia, I actually. i even uh knowing that brez said that that's one of his takes that was so off that stuck with all of our friends that i went and bought myself a david nawaba jersey and now the joke's kind of on me well i did look and i've been there um like at one time when carmen and i were doing a show i fell in love with those mid-2000 bulls teams and i'm like look no, Chandra Snocioni, he's untouchable. You can't trade him for anything. He's too important to what the team is and the mentality. And that was like just a 
crazy, stupid take as well. <laughs> and I've had some with the Bulls through the years. Oh, man. The Bulls ones, I live and breathe the bad Bulls takes all the time. <laughs> so I'm right there with you. I'm just. I was, I was on board with the Tyrus Thomas trade. Oh, I watched Tyrus Thomas in that tournament. Um, and I don't know if you guys remember it or how old you were then, but Tyrus Thomas and Big Baby on that LSU team. Oh, ridiculous. That, and he was like, he he had a great tournament. And I'm like, yeah, they need a man like, like Tyrus Thomas. And I thought Aldridge was going to be a little soft, and I completely whiffed on that. <laughs> In your defense, Tyrus Thomas was high-flying, and he was a big man, and he looked incredible. I, oh, I yeah, mean, like it's an athlete. Yeah, he looked he looked remarkable at the time. Do we hear much about Tyrus Thomas these days? I have not heard his name since maybe the 2010 Cleveland series in the first round. I think there's a lot of Bulls players like that from just years <laughs> years ago. Like whatever happened to them, and, and where are they now? So no, I don't know where he is. Like it's the Marcus Pfizer's of the world. Like where's Eddie Curry these days? Eddie you know, Curry. Tyson Chandler ended up being a great player, or at least a very good player for a lot of years. Mm-hmm. But other than that, a lot of those guys just flamed out. I mean, yeah. Did, did Tyson Chandler, he has a ring, right? He's got one with Dallas, correct? I believe he has one with yeah. Dallas. And he might have been a bench player on another team that won. Maybe the Lakers last year? Right. No, I don't think he was on the Lakers last year. But yeah, I, like, my one Bulls take... <laughs> is that Ben Gordon would be virtually elite in today's NBA. Like when he was on that baby bulls team and he hit all those three pointers, I just feel like he was so ahead of his time. I just, I wish we could get a player like Ben Gordon. I mean, we do have one in Zach Levine who is an electric factory, but I mean, and I, I got to admit, I was not sold on Zach Levine at first and I was proved wrong. I was proved wrong, but I was not sold on him as at first. A lot of people aren't. You know, I get it with Zach, and, and then he doesn't play defense well. So I think that's an that's an interesting one. I was on board with a, the Ben. I was an overloving Ben Gordon guy too, mm-hmm. and I wish like Kobe White would be able to like Kobe's more fluid as far as an athlete driving to the hoop. I wish Kobe White had Ben Gordon's shot. Oh. Like, it's what I still don't under like. Like a lot of people are like, oh look, Kobe White had a nice bounce back game. I think Kobe White like shot four for fifteen or five for fourteen last night. Like that—that's a good game for Kobe White these days. It's—it's it's pretty incredible. Yeah, he's a high volume shooter that shoots at a very low percentage, and it costs the Bulls a lot of games. I mean, there's a reason they moved him to the bench. I think like, and I don't know. I—I I think uh, I was really on board with the Vooch trade, and I still am. Like building chemistry midseason is really hard, and so I feel like a lot of people think the Bulls are in purgatory right now. But I am super optimistic about where the Bulls are going in the next couple of years. Well, look, I'd rather have two really good players, and I don't know, like where where none of them are like the elite of the stars. But they're two all-stars. I'd rather have two really good players who could be a part of a championship core than just one. You know what I mean? Exactly. And I think that's what that's what the Bulls have done. They just if anything this year, they've identified that Lowry can't be anything on this team. Yeah. That it's gotta be a change of scenery and that Kobe White may not be able to be the point guard and we gotta figure out this offseason. And what to do with him. That Patrick Williams, you know, at 19, got a lot of good experience, and hopefully he'll take that big one year, year one to year two jump. 
but but other than that, it's still like wide open for AK to make a big move. So exactly. I, I want to see. He's got a lot of work to do, though. Yeah, I, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, like right after the trade, I was listening to you and Waddle talk about it. Like once you have two, it's much easier to get a third. And I mean, this would be my dream summer of for the Bulls would be some sort of sign and trade with the Pelicans to get Lonzo Ball. And then if they still have the, the cap space to make it work, going after Bradley Beal and having like that and operating for with Patrick Williams continuing to grow. I mean, you would have right. one of the better starting fives in the East. I mean, East is such a dumpster yeah. fire to begin with. But I mean, the Nets look virtually untouchable when they're healthy. And that's a strong asterisk because it seems like they never are, but it's interesting. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and I want to see that type of move. I want to see those, those moves. And, and on the Nets, too, I, I, like it's going to be interesting Like when they're healthy. like Are all these injuries just a matter because it's the regular season? I want to see if they can get through the playoffs healthy. So that exactly. will be interesting if they can get through some of the nagging injuries. Yeah, absolutely. They've been sidelined like every other game. Somebody wants to sit out a couple ones, and then KD comes back for just a little bit, then a thigh torsion. I mean, it's just interesting, though, too. You've seen with all the injuries this season, like, is this really like how, you know, the season has been so cramped together? You think this really is just impacting virtually everybody pretty much? Like, everyone's got a major injury right now pretty much. Yeah. Uh, yes, yes. They knew it, too. It was a short turnaround for a lot of the bubble teams. And then the second half where there were so many, like that Utah game where they, you know, the one that Mitchell got hurt. And then like the next afternoon, they were playing like a nationally televised afternoon game. Yeah. Well, they were playing back to back afternoon games very rarely. And um, so many guys are just exhausted. So I think next year they're going to try and hopefully continue to get these guys rest because we want to see them play when they're actually playing. Exactly. Yeah. Um, one of our co-hosts couldn't make it today, but he wanted us to ask this question to you. If you could be the GM of any sports team in Chicago and get them to a championship the quickest, which one do you think you could turn around right now? And we'll take the White Sox out. Yeah, I think uh, all, all of us could do as good of a job at the very least as Ryan Pay. Yeah, <laughs> bingo. So, I mean, like, I'm still good with AK. Bowman has his doubters. Um, but still, he's done a lot of good things, too. Um, I, I just don't think any, like, if, if, the, if all of us were in um, Ryan Pace's boat and came away with Mike Lennon, Mitch Trubisky, Nick Foles and Andy Dalton as the full four quarterbacks in six or seven years, whatever it's been. I I think we could have done at the very least as well as he's done. Right. We could have done the exact same. And I don't think we would have that job still, but somehow Pace does. It's the hair gel, man. It's incredible. He's got good hair. Yeah. Really good. <laughs> for now. For, yeah, for now. Who, who knows? That the hair could be gone, the amount of stress he's gonna be under this season. Like, <laughs> is there anybody that's more under the microscope than Ryan Pace right now? Well, that's what Waddle Waddle goes against that. So like if we had Greeny on today, and like the big debate is, are they really on the hot seat? Like the national media thinks they're on the hot seat, and a lot of fans think they're on the hot seat. 
And I think, like, for me, like, how could they not be on the hot seat? But that hair and, and, and George loves those guys. And, like, are they on this? Are they on a hot seat? Yeah. Like, what, what would have to happen for them to, to wave goodbye? And that's the million-dollar question. That's where Waddle just thinks that maybe they're not on as hot of a seat as we all think. Yeah, well, because maybe Andy Dalton comes in and gets a nice seven wins, maybe eight, and then the next thing you know, oh, we're trending upwards, and it's just a fake upwards for another season or two. I'm convinced that the right, Bears... Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and you're just you're just standing pat with like if you go, let's say you go nine and eight, you know, in the seventeen games, nine and eight. Right. Well, okay, but how are you going? Still, you're not good enough to win a championship, and you're not bad enough to go solve your quarterback problem. How are you going to fix it? So that's why I hate being in this in this middle mediocre class. Yeah, I know we're stuck in limbo in three parts of Chicago right now. I'm yeah. convinced that the on, the the only reason the Bears were the only team to vote against the 17 game season was because they couldn't finish 500. Like <laughs> a lot of people, a lot of it's because they want that. They want the eight and eight. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it was it was it's funny. Like out of all the things the Bears could have taken a stand against <laughs> in all the years of crazy NFL stuff. That's the one thing they took the stand against was game 17. Yeah, it was ridiculous. I mean, I don't know. Are you trying to earn players' credibility by saying that you're you're more in favor of the players' protection and, like, everything like that? I mean, how far is that going to get you in free agency anyway? Like, it's it only goes so right. far. Especially when you don't manage the cap the right way and you have very little cap room. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, like ask, ask Allen Robinson. I mean, there's a, your own free agent. Yeah. Like, how much credibility has that bought? Allen Robinson doesn't care about that. Allen Robinson wants to be paid, and that's why he's unhappy. And he deserves to be, quite honestly. Sure. I mean, the production sure. that he's put together over the course of his career with his starting quarterbacks being Blake Bortles, Mitch Trubisky, Nick, and Nick Foles, Nick Foles. is pretty Good remarkable. God. I mean, yeah. He deserves a superstar. And Sylvie, like one thing uh, I was listening, I believe this was maybe the end of the year press conference, you and Waddle, which that end of the year press conference was atrocious. But one of the things you said that George McCaskey always talks about how he loves Walter Payton and how him and Walter Payton are so close with each other, or they were so close with each other, excuse me. But, and you said, how would Walter Payton think of George McCaskey, the way he's running this football team? Yeah, I mean... He's rolling over in his grave right now over it. it this is not, this is, there's nothing here to brag about, about being a Bears fan these days. It, while all these teams continue to get star quarterbacks, it's what it's all about. Like, we had great running backs when the running back was the thing in the NFL. Like, now we've evolved where look, we had Gale Sayers, we had Walter Payton, Neil Anderson, Thomas Jones. You know, we've had good running backs. But now it's all about the quarterback, and it's just we've never truly had a modern-day great quarterback, and it's just it's mind-blowing that they haven't looked into it. I know. I couldn't agree more. We focus all of our attention other than the most important position on a football field. Yes, right. It's and, and on any field. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's, any sport, any field, anywhere, the most important position in sports, quarterback. 
quarterbacks, and we fail year after year, decade after decade. <laughs> just, just getting worse by the second. Yeah, at least Jim McMahon looked cool. You know, we haven't had a cool yeah. looking quarterback in a while. I mean, Jim and they won there. with him. You know, yeah, yeah they they won with him. I've been critical of McMahon because, like, if you look at his numbers, I think you guys would be shocked at his overall numbers. I don't think he's ever thrown for more than 2,300 yards in a season. And I know it was a different era then, but it's like he's held in really, really high regard. But even him, he didn't really do what a lot of the great quarterbacks have done. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's just that he always had a cool hat, always wearing sunglasses, and held himself like an NFL quarterback. Right. I mean, and the, moon, the headband. Yeah, the headband. Mooning the fans was a pretty <laughs> questionable call that probably wouldn't fly today, but. No, it would not. Yeah. But I also, uh, this might be, it's a hot take with some of my friends, but I loved having Smoking Jay. I thought it was just an electric factory. Well, it was fun times, definitely, but it didn't drive you nuts that. You know, he could have been so great if he would have limited some of the mistakes. And, like, when I just saw it, it's what, you know, it was when Waddle and I used to argue the most about McCown, when McCown had that hot streak. Oh, Why yeah. hadn't Jay ever had that hot streak? Like everyone's like, Sylvie, you can't believe in Josh McCown. It's not real. And I'm like, that's not the full point. The full point is he still put up 13 touchdowns in one interception in this four or five game span while Cutler was out. Right. Why hasn't Jay ever done that? And that was always, that's sort of where I just moved off of Jay. And I love, I loved talking to him. I love the relationship with Jay, but as the quarterback, I, I still felt emptier than I should have felt. Oh, absolutely. It's just, I don't know what it was for me. Every time he wound up to throw that absolute cannon of an arm downfield, I just got a little bit of dopamine to the head, and I think I just hold on to that a little too long. <laughs> yeah, those were good days. Yeah, I mean, it was still fun, though. Yeah. Very fun. All right, bring it, bringing it back to the broadcasting, um, what are some of your favorite interviews or most memorable interviews that you've had? I know Charles Barkley is close with you and Waddle, um, but are there any particular interviews that you've had that just stick out? Yeah, I think there, I think there's a lot, actually. I mean, um, you know, you mentioned all the Barkley times. I think that, that when we were doing shows with Jay, we were doing weekly shows, we're the only really town and station and show to really interview the quarterback at like a live venue. Like Tom Brady would call in to WEI in Boston or look, uh, I think um, Eli had a uh, show in New York as well where they would call in. But the Cutler show was like with the fans in a bar. And, and some of those scenes were pretty crazy. So, That's so I think cool. all the Cutler shows, yeah. And I, yeah, there's so many through the years. Um, you know, whether it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, Theo Epstein would always be one of my favorite guests. We just had Arietta on again. A lot of the Cubs players have been really, really good. Um, so, yeah, I, I think we've had some good Bulls interviews. Um Derek Rose used to come on with us back in the day. 
I think through the years, there have been so many different people that I love talking to. Yeah, that's a really broad spectrum. That would be really cool. I want to have, like, Barack Obama is a guest that I want to have on. I would love to have Brady on. I'd love to have Obama on. You know, those are the guys I'd love to have on. And Carmen and I had Barack Obama on while he was a senator, before he was the president. Oh, wow. Wow, that's pretty cool. I mean, that's just something, you know, you have forever. I mean, you tell your kids about that one day. That'll be pretty sweet. Yeah, for sure. We did a cup socks bet that year, too. Oh, night. What was the bet? It was like something like he was supposed, it was when Juan Pierre was on the Cubs. Like, if the Cubs won the series, he was going to wear like a Juan, he had to wear like a Juan Pierre jersey <laughs> on the on the Senate floor. And then I had to do like something socks related. But I don't think anybody, I don't think we ever followed up, nor, and I don't think we've ever gotten close to having him on again. <laughs> I think he's pretty hard to get a hold of sometimes. He's, he's just a little bit. He's got some more important issues to deal with. Absolutely. Well, Sylvia, I mean, that's pretty much all we have for you. We r- really appreciate you coming on, man. We're glad you're doing well, and uh, we really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to talk with us. You got to keep doing your thing, guys. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, thank you so much, Sylvie, and uh, safe travels on the way the rest of the drive home. I'm almost home now. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> there we Thanks, go. guys. Appreciate you guys. Thank Thanks, you. Sylvie. Thanks for listening, too. Awesome. Thank you. All right. See you later, man. Thanks, guys. What a stellar fella. James, I'm, you got nervous. You hung up a little too quick. He said, see ya. <laughs> I thought that went well. It's going well. Guys, let's talk about how cool he is. He's the man. Dude, that was awesome. Well, uh, this has been season three, episode 15 with Mark Silverman. And uh, Brady couldn't make it today, but we asked his one question. He only had one, which I can't get over. But he's a great fella. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in. We will be back. We'll decide if we want to stay with season three or if we're going to move to season four. And we'll figure out a new theme for season four. Anyways, thank you so much for tuning in. Have a blessed day. Make sure to drink water. Turn it up to Brady's not here, so this is all me, apparently. Go Bulls. Stay up, stay strong, stay positive. Music by Charlie Foreman and Pat Mallers. Feels so good. Peace, love, and happiness, fellas. Shot City, come on and ride with me. Get high and catch a vibe with me. This music that make you feel good. Do it for the real ones. Do it while I still can. This is for the real fans. We're singing along with the satellite shows. I know, I ain't so fly, don't you? Think so, too. Shawty trying to come through to kick it like kung fu. On the Wanna be like me, I cha-cha real smooth Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do I break rules and race roofs It break goose with great juice I make moves and I make the music And ain't loose, homie Fall back like I don't Okay, I gotta go right I'll I need daddy, though I feel fucking awesome Get it, got it,
Get it.